This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm your host today as Vieira's Palace made it six unbeaten with a highly professional victory against Wolves at Selhurst Park. Goals from Wilfred Zaha and Conor Gallagher in an improved second half saw the Eagles take three deserved points and gain more attention from the footballing world on the style and performances being delivered. And we'll talk about the hows and whys on the show today. So with me this week, I have Nick. Hello, Nick. All right, how you doing? Nice to hear you yeah, again, mate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we haven't just had a ten-minute chat before this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got Cara. Hi, Cara. Hello. How's everyone? Yeah, wonderful. I mean, you've got to have so, so many enjoyable chats with Nick. Oh, just out of interest, before we started recording, I'm aware I left my my mic up while I was eating and things. Uh, did you hear anything from me, or did you? Did I get away with that? This isn't going to be a guess what I was having for dinner because there was lots of slurp. So I'm going with a posh pot noodle. Um, no, no, I didn't. Um, you got a guess, Cara? Oh, okay. If it's not a pot, no, I was going to go noodle down the noodle route. So um, I'll mm. go for some kind of um, curry, maybe. Okay, I mean, good guesses. Um, what we actually did, and we're not sponsored by Gausto, but I do uh, Gausto meal deliveries. And uh, today it was some, um, I've completely forgotten what's in it, but some, some pastry parcel things Ooh. with uh, with crispy kale and sweet potato and, and potato crisps and a uh, lovely onion marmalade mayonnaise. Wow. So wh- where did yeah. the slurping come from? Uh, my inability to eat um, <laughs> with a blocked nose. Uh, it is a challenge. <laughs> Sucking up the dribble. <laughs> It's pretty much, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest, that's pretty much what it was. So, uh, you know, it was hot as well because obviously I cooked it uh, with, with, with with my girlfriend just before we were started recording and had to eat it very quickly so we could actually get this show done. And um, yeah, a bit hot. So that was also the slurping. That's my excuse and I'm going to going to stick to it. <laughs> I mean, it'd be rude of me not to not to check in what you, you've had for dinner. Um, do you want to start, Nick? I had chili. Um, Rachel's okay. been away all weekend, so it's been takeaways all weekend because I can't be bothered to cook for the kids. But I had a very busy day of netball today. I went to a gig on Friday um, and football uh, 
yesterday and my daughter was at the cinema watching the Eternals. And so I didn't get back till nine, so it was Chinese last night. Although I did go to Waitrose for the first time in a long time. And the ham is much more expensive than Lidl. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. And ironically, that's probably the one thing from Lidl that you can get is of decent quality. Um, yes. <laughs> um, um, you are a very active man for a man of your vintage, Nick. I'm impressed. Yes. That was that was, that was that was mean of me. I apologize. Uh, how about you, Cara? What did you have? I Well, I had one of those, uh, you know, one of those days where you're just kind of cooking up what you've got left in the fridge. So mm-hmm. um, I had uh, some Brussels sprouts, uh, getting in early with the sprouts, um, <laughs> uh, cooked with some onions and then a like frozen peanut bake burger thingy um, mm. and some scrambled tofu. So this was the terrible day to ask me what I had for dinner because that makes um, no I've, sense. It should make it makes me really happy that I did uh, on a on a day where you have to you know really excuse yourself for what you've done. But um, no, that's that's yeah, that's that's great. And um, you know we'll have plenty of time to talk about our feelings on Brussels sprouts over the Christmas period. I imagine uh, that's a feature of all of our Christmas shows, uh, Sprout Talk. Um, if you want to get your comments in early about sprouts, uh, just email hi at backofthenest dot com. Attention, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, attention, Mikey. Yeah, Mikey wants to hear about all of your sprout views. If, if you could, I mean, get really specific as well. If you I'm can. very happy to rep the sprouts. Uh, Me too, actually. Yeah, yeah. In that down but, yeah, for sure. But one but no year more spoilers. At Christmas, I put lolly sticks into sprouts, dipped them in <laughs> melted chocolate, put them in the fridge, then gave them to my children. Oh, the look on their faces. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I don't know whether to call them Brussels, uh, Brussels pops or lolly sprouts, but <laughs> both are good. Um, I'm I, yeah, I'm that idea. Yeah, that is fantastic. Anyway, I guess we better talk about some Palace news this week. So first up, the Palace women beat top of the table Durham three-one. So it was Bianca Baptiste, uh, Shabon Marie Wilson, and Millie Farrow who put three past Durham side, who hadn't actually conceded in their last five games, uh, the last of which was in the 94th minute. And that gives uh, the Palace women's team an unbeaten spell of five games and puts them fifth in the table. And who put this in here? Just one point, Bone Charlton. There are lots of fives in that. Fifth, five games unbeaten. Durham hadn't conceded in five. I love it. All the fives. All the fives. That was a, a that's a fantastic performance. Um, always pleasing to see any of the Palace sides doing well, but beating a, a very impressive top of the table Durham side. Um, you know that's that's not an easy thing, and really building up some momentum the, the team there. Uh, and hopefully, people are, are able to, to to watch the games as much as humanly possible right now because there's some good football being played there. Um, talking about some good football being played, the under twenty three is a bit of a mix actually, but. Um, the the under twenty threes did lose to Blackburn um, on on the Monday, lost two uh, one. Most people probably would have seen that because it was the first we'd seen of Eze uh, played sixty two minutes during that game. Uh, looked relatively comfortable and, and spoke really well in the on Palace TV afterwards. And if anyone saw the game, Palace you know really created an awful lot of chances and probably should have won that game at a canter, but. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the Blackburn striker uh, Butterworth, I think it was. Um, he, he just he just looked very 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 good, um, and, and ultimately, I think it was his play that, that kind of won the day there. But the the twenty threes did very very well at the weekend, uh, winning two one against Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea one of the strongest sides around at that level and below. 
um, <laughs> and above, I guess. Um, so they had eight, but they had eight shots on target compared to Chelsea's one goal. And Eze, the aforementioned, played the full ninety minutes in the game. So, yeah. I mean, he came off in the 93rd minute, but but that's still over 90 minutes that he played. So on his way back for sure. Um, And the Palace goals came from Scott Banks and Jezrin Raksaki. So great stuff there. Incredibly, the 18s actually lost a game. That hasn't happened for a while, I don't think. But um, it it seemed to be a very, very exciting game. Losing 4-3 to Chelsea. Unfortunately, didn't catch it myself. Anyone watch it before I say any more? No. No, well, maybe. somebody watched it, but I didn't. Well, yeah, no, plenty of people watched it, but not, <laughs> no one, no, none of us three, of course. Yeah, John texted. Um, yeah, John texted. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure yeah. your cats didn't watch it, Nick? <laughs> no, no. Um, only Italian football they're interested. Only, in the only the Milan derby. He's back yeah. now for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> We well, now we've got to leave our pre-show chatting, otherwise that makes no sense at all. Well, who cares? Yeah. Um, anyway, so they did lose four three. I do I might think I'm right in saying that they were three 0 down, came back to three three, and then lost four three in the end. But it was two more goals for Victor Akinwale, who's doing tremendously well at that level, and, and the other goal coming from Ola Adebomi. Um But sixth in the league on goal difference, Arsenal and Fulham above uh, on seventeen points. Um, but it's, it's a tight league that one, and um, you know the. You know, the 18s are a very, very talented bunch, so I'm sure they won't let that that defeat uh, affect them too much. Um, I think I'm also right in saying I can't remember the exact numbers, but there were plenty of international call-ups from that level as well. Uh, I think Jaden Rodney, Joe Whitworth. Oh, dear, I want to say more. Raksaki was in the under-20 squad. Uh, I think Wells Morrison's in there in the England uh, under-18s. I know, lots of, lots of call-ups. Check the official Palace site for the full list, but getting some real attention at academy level now, uh, especially after obviously Southgate opening the new academy site as well. I think, you know, the reputation for, for Palace has always been good at academy level, but it's growing all the time now. Lovely to see the players getting some good international recognition. Uh, finally, in the news this week, we, uh, back of the nest, will be, hopefully, <laughs> going to plan, and hopefully you'll hear this in time, but on Monday, the 8th of November, probably the day this releases, um, we'll be on the BBC London fan show 7pm to 8pm. It'll be myself, Nick and Mike on that uh, this week. Back with uh, Aaron Paul, not the one from Breaking Bad, but uh, the accomplished uh, BBC journalist and uh, sportscaster um, who we worked with on Love Sport. Many of you do remember those shows with a lot of fun. This because we talked an awful lot of rubbish. Um, but we'll be back uh, trying out the fan shows on BBC London, and I believe that will run semi-regularly until the end of the season. So do check that out if you can. Let's hope that no London teams sack their manager in the uh, <laughs> intervening time, which is what happened last week. Yeah, yeah, we were due to be on last week, but something something happened at a certain London club involving a certain manager. So Bloody cons. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed all goes to plan this week for us. Uh, very much looking forward to that. A lot of fun when we used to do that on Love Sport, wasn't it, Nick? So um, should should be the same type of vibe, yeah. um, but, on a, but on a wider audience. A and uh, that, it was so long ago, it was when we signed Nathan Ferguson. <laughs> Amazing. Well done. I Sorry, hold on. Big hold chats. On, hold on. One sec. I need can we we need to we need to retake that, Nick. So uh bear with me a second. It was so long ago. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> You're gonna play something now. It was so no? long ago we signed Nathan Ferguson. There we go. Right, Yay. that's that sorted. Is this why you were so long? 
<laughs> before the show, you were setting up this kind of sound effects suite um, of some description. Or have you got your girlfriend in the background with a drum kit? <laughs> and a piano. So that was me being pensive and thinking to that music. Um, anyway, off we go. So um, it's time for the Wolves game. No, no before you go on, this what, would what? never have happened under Roy. <laughs> <laughs> would it? My mood is very different at the moment. Um, you know, getting to watch a, a good football team that's playing progressive football and actually, you know, trying, you know, trying, backing ourselves, backing our ability. And um, it ma- makes... It, it exactly. does make a whole difference to go into the game. It doesn't seem like a chore. And before we get into the match, even the atmosphere in the stadium, everybody's smiling, everybody's anticipating a performance rather than thinking, oh, what shite have we got to mm. put up with now? Um, yeah, it's, exactly. it's like all the um, people who hate themselves have stopped going. I'm not saying you, Chris, because obviously you've got health <laughs> issues. But yeah. people who like misery... <laughs> are leaving in their <laughs> droves, whatever a drove is. People leaving droves, I've never known what a drove is, but there you go. Well, yeah, well, I think if you want to know what a drove is, it's usually at the Amex around minute 84. <laughs> um, that is a drove. You need to see one there. You've got a budum bumch for that one, Chris. <laughs> I, I, can't get, I can't self-budum-ch. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not what you do. Um, you know, um, You'd yeah. be budum tooching all the time, wouldn't you? <laughs> Exactly right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, look, in, you know, general general game summary. I think we can say that the first half wasn't amazing, but Palace were dominant by far the better side. But you know, struggled to create a little bit, and I and I dare say we'll talk about that in more detail. The second half was a lot better. Um, you know, we just, if anything, really, the first sort of couple of minutes of the, the second half, I was a bit worried. But you know, once we got our foot on the ball again, you could see we were much more focus much more clinical on what we did um and I, I just want to start if i will weirdly start at the end with with patrick vieira's comments after the game and i just think this this to me sums up why vieira is winning the plaudits it's not just about what we see on the pitch but you know why he's getting the buy-in that he's getting from the players why they're they're happy to go with him on this journey they're happy to back their own ability they're not afraid of making mistakes they they just want to grow and develop as a team you know, he came out and talked about the fact that, you know, the dressing room was happy. But it was these these comments that I thought were the, were the most important. You know, he started saying, I think that today we showed the team is getting this kind of maturity to perform week after week in the Premier League. We knew it'd be a difficult game and we had a really good performance. Uh, but then he made the point, you know, he said we didn't play as well as we want to, but we were patient. We kept our organisation. And to come out after that performance and and still say we didn't play as well as we wanted to, you know, I find that really encouraging, you know, and it, it's different from, you know, previous seasons where at the end of the game, we were often told that, you know, it was, you know, the, the, the other team were just better than us. Um, or we were told that, you know, the players didn't carry out the instructions like they were told and that kind of stuff. This to me is a, is a whole different thing. Having a manager who demands really high standards, but there's doing it in a really positive way in an encouraging way. Um, I think his reputation obviously carries a, a, a lot, and I think that's why a lot of the players are, were with him straight away. But you know, you can tell he's you know he was in the you know the Arsenal unbeatable side. You know, he was a legend as a player, and he knows what it means to have high standards. And I think that's really coming across. Edouard 
Do we pronounce the D at the end? I don't know whether we do Up or not. Up to you. I'll let you. If you want to pronounce it, I won't. Odds I won't on. Odds on Edouard actually said he joined Palace because of Vieira. That was the reason he wanted to play under the best. And I think he's slightly in awe of him. And I think all the players are so in awe of him, they'll do what he says. They're all doing double training. They're not complaining too much about it. And they're seeing the results. It's just, it's, I never, I, I can almost cry because I never thought I'd see this quality of football at Palace. Yep. For, no, I, I, for a long, yeah. long time. It's just, gives me so much pleasure mm. that um, I've got no words. <laughs> so, this is going to be a brilliant <laughs> Cara, you podcast. Might have, yeah, difficult. <laughs> you might have some words, Cara. Try the, if you try. I'll try and get them out. Um, yeah, it's, it's the ambition, I think, for me that is so exciting. And, and I don't want to speak for Nick, but I think it's part of what's emotional about it is like, this isn't it. Like, that there's an agreement across everybody. We're all looking at each other being like, oh God, this is Palace. But we also know, as as you said, Chris, like that the manager's also demanding more. Like they're not just saying, oh, this is great and this is good enough. And I think it's about break. We, we've got a manager that doesn't see us as a small club. And I think the whole small club, big club thing is a real um, chip maybe on quite a lot of our shoulders to be seen as, as a club that can build and, and, and can go further. And we've now got a manager that really believes in that and has a plan of how we're going to get there. Um, and I think that is just incredibly exciting. It's allowing us all to enjoy the football that we're watching at the moment, but with the view of like, bloody hell, like what comes next? <laughs> and it's yes. almost like a little bit daunting because I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for us to like <laughs> be even better than this yet. No, exactly. You, you, it's It's almost, you don't want to think about it to some degree. You don't want to think... Well, hold on. What you know when Elise is fully up and running, when whenever Echieze is back, um, you know, and, and imagine the idea of, of trying to fit all of those forward players into the side and, and into a cohesive unit. You know, when there's more challenge in, in other areas of the pitch as well as other play, other players come back. You know, I thinking don't... about the fullback areas. It's at the moment the team. You can't argue with any of the team selections because you know the players are almost picking themselves and. I highlight Ward as as someone who I have I have said I see a need to replace, you know. But you know he has stepped up to a level this this season that again I have probably for the fourth season in a row I didn't necessarily think we'd see from him again. And you know he's he's really stepped up, you know, in, in terms of his ability on the ball. That's the thing that scares me a little bit. You know him going forward being the modern day fullback. But there's no doubt from from under Vieira. He is a better player in the right back position than he has been for a while. Um, and that's of, just um, one example. Talking of going right to the end at the beginning, Ward at the end keeping the ball at the corner flag. What's he doing up there? He was smiling and laughing because that's right by where I sit. It was bloody <laughs> yeah. marvellous to watch. Three of them there. Yep. It was reminiscent of when uh, <laughs> Ayu and Benteke were doing it against West Ham yeah. that time. It was it was that joyous. And uh, well, you love that continue. Yeah, exactly. You love to see it because that's, I mean, for Joe Ward to be in that position doing that at the end of a game, you know, that's someone playing with confidence and freedom. You know, that's that's what comes from having, you know, having a setup that, you know, of people that believe in you. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't be, you know, it's not just all about having a different manager. You know, we have really invested very well and very sensibly in the team um, and brought talent in. But the, the key thing is we're bringing that talent in. We're playing that talent. You know, and we're backing them, and we're not asking them to to change who they are. You know, it, if you think, you know, I'll use Conor Gallagher as an example. If you 
you take Conor Gallagher when we target him last season, if you'd brought him into that team last season, you would not see the same player we see in this system under Vieira. It's a, it's incredibly freeing to, to have people, yeah, to have a manager who says, this is the way we're going to play. Because all footballers will, will probably tell you they want to be the dominant team. They want to be winning matches and they want to be attacking. And that's what we're seeing. Do you think it will, um, there'll be players looking enviously at Palace now and think, oh, I want to go there? Definitely. I think so. I really think so. I think that's a huge part of what we've got to offer at the moment. And I mean, who knows what happened in January? Maybe we'll talk about that a bit later. But that it's got to be when you see that combination of like playing under an exciting manager that clearly understands players, understands how to work with players, understands how to develop them. And you've got the opportunity to come and play at like Sellers Park, where you've got like fans behind you every step of the way, even when things aren't going perfect. Like, Okay, maybe maybe not players that are going to go to the top 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 clubs, but for any any other players that are looking at a club to go to, that has got to be a hugely exciting prospect to come and play for a club like us at the moment. Yeah, totally agree. I just it's it's night and day from from where we were. You know, players in the summer. You know, if you think about Townsend. You can understand. We you know we we wanted to talk to him about a contract, but. We never we, we kind of left it too late in in a sense, but you can understand why he wanted to go um, because his experience over the last couple of seasons was being converted from an attacking winger to a kind of defensive wing back at times, and that's not how, how they want to play. And you know, Wolf's frustration of the last few years, you know, he's been very professional when he's been interviewed about it. Wolf, you know, he's he's talked about that we wanted to attack before. You know, I think I saw an interview with him after. Oh, after the City game, I think it was, where, he, you know, he talked about the fact that he was asked, you know, is it now, now the team are attacking so much more? You know, is it completely different to last season? And he, he was kind of like, well, we, you know, we did try and attack last year. We're just doing things differently and we just got more talent and people are being backed more. So, you know, I think, you know, the fact that he's not, there's, there's not been hundreds of stories in the press about where he's going next and him leaving in January or anything like that. I think he's much more satisfied than he than he was you know so it's it's really positive really positive stuff I think it's as well that but like we we shout out the 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 new players that have come in and how well they've done but as you just touched upon there I think the, the players that stayed their ability to have adapted to such a start different way of playing and you know kind of welcome those new players in and have that combination of um like that little bit of experience but then those new players coming in and they gelled so quickly like I I can't imagine that that is easy for the like players that have been knackered (laughs) playing for the last couple of years the way that we've been playing and without any strength in depth um to adjust that quickly to play in this style as kind of freeing as it and as exciting as it is for them I think it's like massive credit due to them for how hard they're working to to adjust so quickly yeah for sure yeah um I think we yeah let's let's talk a little bit more about um how the how the game went though and and you know we have talked about the fact that the first half I mean I think Cara this is you saying that you you felt that um there seemed to be a struggle but that the struggle might be a strong word you know how did you did you find that first half Yeah I think so at half time I felt really frustrated but it wasn't frustrated in like a negative sense towards our players it was kind of almost feeling their frustration in a way because I think well my interpretation of it the Wolves clocked very quickly that they 
didn't really have much to to, to offer um, going forwards and, and, and probably weren't going to get that many chances to break us down and they were going to struggle holding us off. And the, the amount of possession that we have now, they're only they're all that Wolves kind of managed to do, I think, maybe I'm being biased, but it's fine, um, was to try and kind of push us back while we retained possession. And, and that's fine. But then I just felt there was some really, really kind of good movements forwards and some really patient kind of builds up of play. And then we got it into the box and then we just couldn't, there was, it just wasn't quite working when we got, uh, we're trying to finish off the chance. And so I felt quite frustrated by, by that, but like I say, not in a negative sense, but because I felt like we were deserving to get that finishing, uh, that, that finished product. Um, and it just wasn't quite happening. Um, yeah, I felt like sometimes we were a little bit kind of bunched up as well, I think, going forwards. And then as soon as we were pushed back, we spread out a bit to to, to protect against that. In the second half, I think that changed a little bit. But but there were a few frustrations for me um, uh, in that sense in the first half. Yeah, it, it felt like uh, the first half felt like a lot of the earlier games in the season where we, we were great up to the final third and it was just that final ball. And it wasn't until... We got the decision on the Wilf goal. Uh, lovely pass to him by um, Carfer, by the way. The, the other team actually opened up a bit. And I think that's going to be our difficulty this season is we're going to have teams where they've got a lot of players sitting behind the ball. And unless we can break through them, it is going to be frustrating. And it, it yeah, it just seemed to hark back to the, to the start of the season. Um, however, mm. we have got players now that can unlock teams. And it is about being patient and not being frustrated and taking pot shots and taking it out on each other or moaning at each other. It's just keep yeah. going and it will come. Hopefully. Well, this is it as well. When when you we go back to talking about the the manager again, of course, in in those situations. So before, when when teams gave us the ball over the last, you know, you can probably go a few seasons back now. When you talk about when teams would give us the ball and we wouldn't know what the hell to do with it, you know, because um, we we kind of naturally wanted to counter attack. But again, you're talking about a manager who played in a side that it was all about patience, wasn't it? It was all about waiting for that opportunity because everybody when you know, Vieira was at his peak and Arsenal were at their peak. Opposition, you think about the games they used to play against the likes of Bolton, I can remember, under Allardyce, where the whole thing would be, you know, kick them, sit, you know, sit back with everybody behind the ball, don't put any kind of effort into attacking. I can remember Wenger going mad about it when, when it wouldn't go right. But their whole, their whole philosophy was about being patient, keeping the ball, moving it around, making the opposition run and eventually wearing teams down. So he's obviously bringing that philosophy into Palace because that's what we saw yesterday. We saw a first half where we, you know, we sometimes didn't do things the right way, and we sometimes rushed that final pass, and we sometimes, you know, didn't people weren't quite taking the right positions up in the box. You know, um, we we kind of sat too deep in midfield at times, and, and that was why we were unable to create an absolutely golden chance for ourselves. But you know, we we didn't panic. We learned from it, and we were able to to push on in the second half. And the good thing is, is we can counter-attack when we need to. I mean, you, you look back last week at the Manchester City game, the goals we scored there, and there were a couple of breaks we had. Uh, Benteke just couldn't quite get the ball out to Edward in the first half, could he? Um, which would have seen mm-hmm. a goal. So if teams are going to push us, they're always going to be aware that we can counter because we've got quick players. Um, also yeah. on the uh, the wearing people down thing, um Again, we're going to talk about Eze coming back later in the show and um, the subs, uh, I know you're going to talk about later. Um, but, you know, wearing teams down when they're knackered and you're bringing these sort of players on, it's 
it's you know it's got to be a winning combination yeah it has and look we're, we're in a place now where okay we, we started the season with a couple of key players out and if you think go back to the the Chelsea game where we weren't great and you know first and foremost we couldn't play Gallagher in that game which I think made a big impact but also you know you think about the fact that the team wasn't quite ready um, but we we might find in the in the future you know if we've got a couple of players out for whatever reason whether it's suspensions whether it's injuries or anything you know we might see a bit more of a test but right now with the with the squad as it is it's it's at times it almost feels it's a it's a weird feeling I don't want to say like an embarrassment of riches but it's it's quite close um because when you look at the bench and you think about the options we've got on the bench to change a game um you know and there's obviously a clamor for Elise to start because of the impact he makes but right now the impact, the best impact he can have is probably off the bench if we're 100% honest. Yeah. Um, and and it's, that's a shame for him because I'm sure he wants to start week in, week out like any player. But it's a fantastic way for him to bed in at, at Premier League level. Just to have interest, do you have an embarrassment of Rich's sound effect? I'm just wondering what it would um, be like. I don't. I think the best that I could give you with that is is maybe we could... I, I mean, all I've got left, honestly, is this... Does, does that work at all? Are no. you playing that live? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Carl, you were going to say something. No, it's okay. I think it might have been out of my head. <laughs> I, I think about what would that sound effect be? And then, yeah, any kind of uh, actual football content has gone out of my brain. Um, yeah. Come Apologies. back. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. No, no worries at all. That is Nick's fault. You've got Nick to blame. I had no part in that. Let's talk about the um, the first goal and um, obviously came in the second half. Uh, you've already mentioned uh, it briefly, Nick, but it was, um, I mean, it was just a sensational part, pass from James MacArthur. Um, you know, and he was, I think there were cries of shoot. Um, and But just to see him pass that ball and, and unfortunately for me, um, still not being able to get to games, which I'm hoping will change soon. Um, I was actually able to pass my ticket on this this week, which was pleasing that somebody got to go in, in, in my place and there was no empty place for me. But um, but anyway, you know, I didn't see... Wilf wasn't in the camera shot when the ball was played. So um, I, 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 my initial thought was, who? What, what's he doing? Why has is, why is he played that? Yeah, uh, why Yeah, well... <laughs> Thanks, thanks for that. Um, but there he was. There, there, we, there he was. And um, I'll be honest, genuinely, even though you know you couldn't see that the, the line had flagged immediately, as soon as it became apparent that he had been flagged for offside, I just didn't think it. It just didn't think it was. I was, I was absolutely convinced even before I saw a replay that he was onside because you know he was looking well, well across the line, uh, and I just thought defender in the centre seems easily as. as, as you know, far back as Wilf was when he picked when the ball was played. There's no way he's got ahead of it. So um it was really pleasing to see that overall. And let's face it, the the referees did make a couple of fairly clear mistakes during the course of the game. But really pleasing that one. Go on, Nick. To be honest, people around me thought it was Edouard who was offside with the initial ball that came out to him. He was the one that passed the ball into MacArthur. We thought it was him getting the ball and he might have been offside because we, we could see that Zaha wasn't and um, the Lionos have been flagging very, very late this season. So we thought it was that. Well, for the, for the, you know, actually, that shows the the value. Sometimes I get frustrated with the fact that they do they let play continue and then flag. But that was actually 
well worth doing because you know Wilf got to, we got to finish the move, didn't we? You know, because the the pass collecting it and then you know Wilf's finish. You know, he he spoke himself about it as well. I'll get those comments in a sec, but you know he, you know, once you complete the move, then you flag offside. It gives you that you know it allows play to continue as it would have done. Um, so it means the mistake doesn't really matter at the end of it. So I was quite pleased with that work in the way it did. Um, but you know, as much as we we talk about the the pass from MacArthur, the finish from Zaha was fantastic. And obviously, that's the fifty first Premier League goal he scored now uh, after his fiftieth against City. And um, you know, you look at that and you just think, actually, if we're honest, he he really probably should have scored more. Um, and I know he talked about that and the fact that he's really happy to have scored that many. The player of his ability, I think, had he played in some better Palace sides under some more forward-thinking managers at times, um, I think that figure would be a lot higher and um, and he, he would deserve it more. But it's lovely to see him getting in those positions and finishing with that level of confidence. It, it made me very happy indeed. Um, but yeah, he was talking about it after the game um, and he said, um, you know, all he thought as it came through was composure and finish it. Uh, and I thought that really showed in, in the way he put the ball away. Uh, and then he's just talking about the idea of, you know, don't celebrate like a madman. Um, but that's it's part of the game now. And um, that's a shame, losing that kind of insanity of celebration from the players. But I've always said, if I'm going to celebrate, you know, I'm not going to worry about whether it's VAR or not. If I celebrate a goal like a madman and then I get the, the abuse from the opposition fans for when it's disallowed, I'll take that for rather than sit around and wait to see if a decision's given before I celebrate. Um, so, you know, then, you know, in that case, I get to celebrate twice once when it goes in and once when the VAR does the right thing. So. That's it. That's definitely how I felt in the stands. Cause I get, well, I'm, I'm, uh, not the tallest person in the world. So when everybody's standing up and something's happening, uh, quite near the goal, I don't always see it. So I wasn't, uh, making a judgment on whether it was offside or not, but just celebrated it for what it was. And then, um, got to celebrate it again when the VAR decision came. So it was great. It really, uh, <laughs> really gave us our money's worth, I think for celebrations. Exactly. So that's the positive side of VAR. Obviously, when it goes against you, not so much. But um, so you know, there was another call as well with the penalty decision. How how was that from the game? Um, I'll ask you, Cara, what you think first, because um, obviously it was pretty. It was a bit clumsy from Ward, and someone said to me that I was being a bit harsh when I said it was an awful challenge because it looked like he slipped and kind of fell into him. But mm-hmm. it, it just to me like it's one of those things where you get you get suckered in. Uh, and make yeah. a challenge that you didn't need to because cover was there. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so. The initial challenge it was up, it was up the other side of the pit, so I didn't I didn't uh, really have uh, that much of a great view of seeing it initially. So my first proper view of it was when they replayed it um, doing the VAR decision, um, and when you see it and you're kind of like oh, and then you realise that it's outside the box, so you kind of do a, a, a sigh of relief. But I tend to deal at that point. I said I wonder if that was the is is that kind of taking that what would seem to be an unnecessary risk, a bit of a hangover from the panic of not losing that, um, uh, that, that lead that we had. Um, and maybe in a couple of games time when we've, you know, continued fingers crossed, um, to kind of not experience those, those equalizers, maybe those kind of risk, risk takes, um, will, will drop off a little bit, but you know, I can, I can very easily forgive him for it because it wasn't a penalty. Um, but also <laughs> because of everything else he did in the game, like it's not, I don't think it's yeah. something that anyone's going to hold against him, but I think it's just something to kind of, yeah, hopefully over the next couple of games with the confidence of being able to see out these games, those kind of risks and, and little lapses of, um, maybe a little bit of panic or, or whatever it was that was set in will will ease off a bit. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a that's a really good observation. Yeah, there's there's going to be 
you know, in the players' heads, even though great clean sheet against City in the previous game, you know, that that sort of panic, that kind of instinctive kind of, you know, strong desire to stop things before it goes too far, that's going to happen if you're if you're desperate to to, you know, make up for things that have gone on in the past. And as you say, if we can kind of get that keep that stability, it's two two clean sheets in a row. Uh, try and keep that going. It, that those things will start to to, to move away, especially as you know the, those players get more and more used to playing each other. It's it's weird to think that you know those two centre backs are both new into that side, given how we play. You know, because the full backs and the keeper are having to get used to to that. And clearly, the work being done on the training ground and the work being done in games is is paying dividends because they look like they've played together for a very long time at the moment and we're seeing fewer and fewer mistakes. And that's why people are, are sitting up and taking notice of Palace right now. I got a text from a from a Chelsea friend at the weekend who just said, you know, what the hell is going on with you lot? Because you look, you look an incredible side right now. And, um, you know, that's, you know, for someone to, to sort of out of the blue suddenly see that in a, in a Palace side is, um, you know, is really pleasing for me. Uh, and there's certainly not, you certainly wasn't the only one thinking that, um, you know, you see it all across social media as well. People are suddenly starting to go, Oh, okay. That, that side, we kind of think we should be getting three points against. They've only lost two games all season. They've had the hardest start in the league. Um, you know, what the hell, you know, what's going to happen with them? You Nobody wants to play us, mate. No, no, exactly. Nobody wants to play us at the moment. Especially no. not at home. No, indeed. So then let's talk a little bit about, um, Gallagher's goal then you know if anyone I guess deserved that little bit of luck with a deflection at the end it's Conor Gallagher right I've just looked at it again it's come from a free kick that uh, Mitchell's put in from out on the left near the halfway line now he's thrown the ball into Ben Teke now as the ball's coming in Gallagher's wandered away from Wolves players to, to near sort of the edge of the D and he knows either Ben Teke's either going to win the header and lay it back to him or the Wolves defender's going to head it out and hopefully it will come that way. And there's a couple of other Palace players in there as well if the ball goes loose. He's anticipated where the ball's going to come out on the second phase there and just run in with it and stepped inside. And a little bit like Ben tech has been doing, step inside and then shoot. Um, yeah, wicked deflection. But mm. you're right, he did deserve it. But it was, you, you say luck, his positioning how he's got such vision at such a young age. Now, whether yeah. it's him having that vision or whether he's going where Mr. Vieira tells him to go, I don't know, but it's whatever it is, it's working. Mm. Well, we'll definitely go. Cool. Sorry. I was just going to say, I was just going to back that up. He is always like two or three like moves ahead, isn't he basically? And he's just calculating like all of the different things that could happen from that position and where he needs to be to kind of sweep something up. And, and yeah, just exactly what Nick said, that kind of vision and that, being able to play so well in the moment, but also being in the right position for what could come in two or three passes time is just mm. mind blowing, really. It is, yes. Yeah, you know, it's it's forward thinking. He's always, you know, and the fact that he's in, popping up in both boxes all of the time, you know, what he brings to the for the to the team is, you know, realistically, it's what we have been missing when we've been playing defensive midfielders for for so much of games. You know, we, we've seen it way too much over the last few years, the kind of acceptance that we're a weaker side and we have to pack the midfield and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I think he makes a massive difference and we'll talk about him a bit more in a sec. We'll just round off the um, the match chat. Um, 
I mean, we've got to mention very quickly the subs. There's not too much to say about it, but just to kind of point out that, you know, you go two, you go two nil up in a game. Um, and the, the next thing that happens is you get James MacArthur and, and Odson Edward go off and Jeff Schlupp and, and, uh, Michael Elise come on and you just think, wow, <laughs> you know, that is not in any way a defensive substitution. That's, uh, I mean, first and foremost, it's getting two players who deserve some minutes on the pitch, some time on the pitch, but it's also making sure that we are still a very, very dangerous side. Um, and that, you know, just because we're 2 0 up, that idea we might relax. Well, bringing on a couple of defenders in the, that situation might seem logical, but at times that can that can send a message to the team. It can send a, a put a mentality on the pitch that okay, the game is done. We just need to shut up shop, but if you put that different mentality on, you put two players on the pitch who are forward thinking, who can run with the ball, who are comfortable in possession and ultimately can score and create. If you do that, it just gives that little bit of a push, that little bit of an emphasis to the team that you'll see the game out by continuing to do what you've been doing all game. And that's keeping the ball and attacking the opposition and not letting them settle. You know, and that just goes back to again the style of play, the high press that we do, and we're not actually we're not stupid with that press. That's one of the things that I really love about what Patrick Vieira has instilled into this team. We're not dumb. We don't sprint at high, you know, high speed after every single player on the ball. We wait for our moment. We wait for the ball to be in certain areas, and then we activate that press. We, we don't waste energy doing it all the time. We do it at the right moments, and that's not easy to do. You have to have a really well coached well-drilled team to do that. And again, to translate those ideas, to get that much belief that quickly, it's just incredible. It was um, not long after Semedo came off that we actually put Elise on the right-hand side. So Wolves have already taken off their main defensive left-back anyway. So imagine what the players, Wolves players are thinking. Right, we've got to concentrate down our left now because this baller is coming on. They'd have seen what he he did to um, John Stones last week. They've, they'd have seen what he's done in other matches uh, against Arsenal, for instance. So, you know, imagine being knackered and, and somebody of his quality coming on. And uh, Schlupp is quick. He's still quick. So um, he who did he came on, come on against, uh, scored late, um, when he was told just to get in there. And uh, I think he got a late equaliser, didn't he? That was this season, no, wasn't it? My brain hurts. That was this season. Yeah, he did come on and score. But I don't. I, was it Leicester? Yes, it was. It was okay. Leicester. Yeah, yeah, well done. Um, but it makes you think. Um, we were talking about. Um, you were talking about Eze um, and all these players that we've got now, and how they're going to fit in. I don't actually think they can. Can they, Chris? Can we have them all on no. the pitch at once? No, but that's. Um... I mean, we'd like to see it, it, but... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's illegal, isn't it? You're not allowed to, uh, not allowed to do that. But, um, <laughs> no, it is. It's just one of those things where, you know, we will need them all, though. That's that's the point. You know, it is. We talk about it a lot. It's a, it's a cliche, but it's a squad game. And more importantly, you're going to need... You saw against City, we, we played very differently against Man City than we did against Wolves. Uh, than we had in, in our previous game. So having the ability to chop and change players, you know. Can, can you say that, that again, please? Repeat what you just said. We played differently against Man City than we did against Wolves. 
when would we yeah. have said that in the last four seasons, Chris? <laughs> oh, God, no, never. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It was the same every week, wasn't it? So, um, you know, we had a, a bit of variation uh, when, when we had a long string of bad results, I guess. But other than that, it was treat everybody the same, give everybody the same. Let's be kind and say give everybody the same respect. That's what we did. <laughs> Sorry, Carl, you've been waiting to speak for ages. No, I just wanted to just very quickly on the subs thing. I think one of the real real positives and why I I still think it's not a rush to like start Elise and you know however we go forward when when Eze comes back and whatever doing those late subs even when it would appear like you don't really need to you've you've just made you've included three players in this game as a part of having that win as a part of getting that win as as playing a part on the pitch of doing that and yes we probably would have you know seen it out even if they hadn't come on but for the sake of the squad and for the squad staying together and and that positivity being uh amongst the whole squad and not just the kind of a starting 11 every single time I think even if you don't need to make those subs it's actually worth doing it just to make sure that you're including every single one of the players in your squad as being a part of a winning team on the pitch so even if you are bringing them on for five minutes at the end um you know they've still gone and held up the ball the uh, the corner flag for five minutes and given everybody well all Palace fans uh something to laugh about and you know it doesn't <laughs> seem that important but I think it actually is when you when you're going through a whole season of of a player or two players that aren't going to get 90 minutes of football very often? I reckon it's because uh, we've got John Texter's money, we can afford to pay more win bonuses out so we can have more players playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was genuinely surprised when the, the news came out that he owns between 25 and 50%. So it's obviously a, a fairly significant investment and obviously a lot more shares have been created, which you would assume is the, the the shareholding that he purchased. So, you know, I thought he was um, a relatively minor investor, I have to say, who'd just kind of come along for the ride and was enjoying it and, and talking really well and getting the club. But it seems that, you know, he's much more, you know, much more involved than was initially apparent. And given how he communicates and, and the love he's already showing for the club, it's just you can't, you can't really ask for more in, in somebody who's, come in to get involved so really impressed with him so far great engagement with the fans as well I think we need to get him in the singing section yeah I think he'd love that yeah, <laughs> yeah I wonder if he, he wants to join me and DR and you and uh, the others in our car club away car club I wonder if we'll join him with that that'd be good yeah we've got a space we've got a space <laughs> for Burnley away he's very yeah. welcome spare seat for Burnley um, <laughs> just one more point on the game Chris before we move on to listener stuff um, more people are staying i.e. not leaving early, and more people are staying when the final whistle's gone, i.e. to stand and applaud the players off, which um, yeah. never used to happen so often. So you're getting a, a club feeling again as it's all of us. The players are always yeah. talking about the fans and the difference they're making, how they love playing in front of them. Um, we feel like we're a club again. There's no yeah. um, discord anywhere, is there? Like there was with, no. with Hogson. And, you know, we did talk about empty stadiums last season and would he have lasted that long? Um, mm. It's almost everything's kind of gone in our favour, hasn't it? We, we nearly yeah. got the, uh, we nearly got Fonseca, we nearly got another manager. And actually, the bloke that we, we'd only half considered to come in and uh, it's turned out all right. He's the perfect choice. You know, however it came about, he's the perfect choice. But it's interesting you mentioned that. I, I, I got my brother-in-law and, and my nephew tickets for the game for the second time. They went to the Leicester game. It was my nephew's uh, first game at, at seven years old. I've been harping on at him for, get, for going to Palace for, for a long, long time. 
and, and you know and my brother-in-law's uh, been a palace fan for many many years uh, and they yeah finally got him along to a game he absolutely loved the leicester game he was down in the family uh, stand so saw all of the goals that end and had the the pain and the joy so the pain of conceding and the joy of coming back into that game and his first question at the end of that game was when do we get to go next which is always a good sign and you know, we've got that sign again. And it's actually, funny enough, my, my brother-in-law has, has got the passion back for Palace as well. He's, you know, talking like, he's you know, never seen a Palace team play like this. And so he's now, you know, after this game, it wasn't just my nephew saying, what's the next game we go to? It's it's him saying it as well. And that, tell, you know, that, that tells you it's young and old, you know, people who drifted away from, from going to games every week you know, and now seeing something that they can get behind. And that's not a bad thing. You know, I know we talk about supporting your team through thick and thin and all that kind of stuff, but everyone's a human being. And, you know, sometimes taking that that time out of your life and that money that it, that it takes to go and support a football club home and away, it can be that much harder uh, to do if if what you're seeing is, is kind of soul-destroying. And, you know, it's not why we go. We don't go for, for to win because we're Palace fans. We know that, but... When you're seeing a club doing the things that we're doing right now, it does bring that feel-good feeling back and that positivity. It, you know, it feeds on the, the players feed on our positivity. We feel on their positivity, and that's how we got back in the Premier League in the first place. You know, we've all seen where Eagles Dare on on Prime. I'm sure we have, um, and we, you know, wonderful memories of that time and and that positivity and where that took us. And we're starting to see that again. And I just hope it continues. I hope nothing comes along and bursts that bubble because undoubtedly we will have some tougher times. But right now, everything is just going in such a good direction. But we better move on this. But just before we do, I know, Carrie, Carrie, you just wanted to mention the the atmosphere a little bit before we um, jump on to Paris chat. Yeah, I think it was really noticeable um, that the the kind of song selection, if you will, in the singing section was was changed up a bit. Um, So we, we seem to be going through... Uh, quite a few different ones and not kind of having periods of time where we were going back on the same one and I just felt like that really kept us going quite a lot more like the 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 atmosphere at the Newcastle game was a little bit flat I think um and it was so 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 much better uh this week and what I personally really really loved was as soon as uh uh kickoff happened we uh got started with the individual kind of player chance and I thought that was like a really nice kind of um I know they probably don't hear it because they're really concentrating, but it just felt nice to be able to kind of like uh, come out giving the individual players their kind of uh, welcome to the to the game, if that makes sense. Um, and it was just great. We, I, we didn't pause for breath, I don't think, the whole time. Didn't hear anything from the Wolves end, although there, uh, we had a friend in the family stand who said they had like one chant that they were just doing over and over again and it was really boring. Um, so uh, yeah, glad that I didn't get to hear them because it uh, wouldn't have been worth it. But no, the, the atmosphere was just absolutely incredible and long may it continue you're in the HF yep. aren't you near them can you please get them to do a Joel Ward chant all we could muster in the family's <laughs> down was play of the month every time he got the ball <laughs> <I'll put that. laughs> it's not it's not the best chant that is it I mean I remember you singing one not that long ago Nick um, not that long ago it was about eight yeah. years mate eight years ago yes. <laughs> when we were called something else yeah I yeah. think yeah the but there we go. All right, that's great stuff. Um, look, some general Palace chat. We're going to have to skip through a bit of it because because uh, we waxed lyrical for so long about um, another great win. But I think the Eze question is a tough one about how does he come back in. You know, I think for now, I'll just say that, you know, if, if you think about where there's a gap in the team, you, you do struggle to, to find one. He was playing, obviously, wide left in a midfield four, 
last year. Um, he can play central, but you you know the the role that would be more appropriate for him is how Connor Gallagher plays, and I don't see him displacing Gallagher at all. So yeah. it's about trying to find the right place for him and the right you know the right system for him. But you know, if I was to to look at who starts and and who I would take out, you know, I really struggle. And um, you know, Edward is playing out of position to some degree, doing a fantastic job. Um, but I would like to see him central. But Benteke has led the line brilliantly and you mm. don't want to see him come out. You know, for a while I've said Ayu is a really hard worker, was he's absolutely integral, especially in games when we're going to see less of the ball and we need someone to work on that right-hand side. Mm. But, you know, in an attacking sense is not not really getting the goals and assists that we kind of need from, a, a you know, at the Premier League level. So, you know, he, I would say his place was at risk, but it didn't start. <laughs> and, um, you know, we had Zaha, Edward and Benteke and none of them deserved to be dropped. And you look at the midfield, we're doing really well having Gallagher in with MacArthur, who's having an outstanding season. You know, Kiate's a bit in for Luca at the moment, but I, whichever one of them starts is doing well. And you've got Will Hughes snapping into the hills to get back in there and, and Reid Alders back on the bench at the weekend. So, you know, to even start talking about how you fit Eze into that, I just have absolutely no idea. But what I would say is you want to try and find a way because he is an incredible talent. Um, so I think, you know, we might be in a, in a place where a bit of squad rotation has to happen. But ultimately, it's going to be about form and results um, to see where those opportunities will come. Um, that's, that's all I can really think of there. Um, yeah. But. Cool. I, I think I think what's important as well is that we are. I mean, if we manage to go through the season without having any other injuries, then we'll be we'll be doing incredibly well. So there'll also be a part of it that will be dictated by luck and about you know who is available at at, at what time. Um, but also, I think what's really important is that we've got a manager that, like we touched upon it earlier, and I think people have, uh, are coming around to this as well, is that we've got a manager that we trust to do that rotation and do it well, um, and and put out a team that is kind of. Um, uh, tailored for the opposition or to beat the opposition I should say um, and so it's not a bad problem to have I think if you had this selection and this kind of problem in inverted commas before it'll be like oh god you know what are we going to do with it but now it's like oh my god I'm so excited to see what we're going to do with it um, and that's really nice and just a quick shout out to mm-hmm. Jose because it is uh, we're, we're obviously recording this on on the Sunday and it's a year today since his first goal for Palace um, oh, wow. that beautiful Leeds uh, victory at Sellers, which mm. unfortunately had no fans for us to celebrate there. But yeah, a year today since that goal. So that's uh, passed pretty quick, I think. Yeah, wow, really has. Yeah, um, yeah. it just seems odd the fact that we haven't had the, the pleasure of, of celebrating as a scoring or even playing for Palace at, yeah. at, at Sellers Park either. So that'll be yeah, that's long that, overdue. Um, the Arsenal game, wasn't it, last season when we were finally allowed back in and he got injured on that morning? Yeah. Yeah, Tra- tragic. But you know he, you know he's on his way back. You know, ninety minutes for the twenty threes. But I think that'll be, you know, he'll be gradually eased back into things. But you know, let's not forget as well, Is even he without. Back in? Sorry. Uh, thanks, thanks, Nick. Even without the, you know, any suspensions or injuries or anything like that. You know, one of the things that we really struggled with, um, we you know when we had the whole project restart, and you know when we had, should we say, um the decision to kind of keep the same team every week last year was that some of the players really did struggle when, when, you know, particularly when the games came thick and fast, when it was, you know, three games in a week, something like that. Um, and that's going to happen around that Christmas period as well. So that's a time where you need mm. a, a squad, you know, you need, 
you know, Eze will get an opportunity in the Christmas period if he, if he remains fit and there are no setbacks or anything like that. Similarly, people like, I think probably Klein, I think, you know, any of the midfielders who haven't had an opportunity yet or aren't playing regularly, they will get their opportunities through that period as well. Because, I mean, ta- you know, I take MacArthur as an example and he, you know, he never ceases to amaze me with his energy, but quite rightly taken off after 80 minutes and given, given 10 minutes rest. But, you know, asking him to play three games in a week, three weeks in a row kind of thing, that that's too much. And that's where people get injured and that's where people lose form. Mm. So, you know, the fact that we've got that ability to get those players in at that point is great. If you know that the manager isn't going to change the team, you're not going to put as much effort in, are you? If you know you've got players in the squad on the wings that, as you said, are nipping at your heels, you're going to up your game, aren't you? Simply because you want to stay in the team. It's, it's simple, really, but it's something that seemed to be forgotten about by Mr Stoic. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. If you pick, pick the favourites, you know, again, you go back to the conversations and look, we've, we've got to move on from him to a point because he did a wonderful job. But, you know, when he... When he said things like, I'm not going to play young players because I'm, I have to pick the senior players over them. You just think, you know, that's that's weird. That's a really weird thing to say. Just, you know, I will pick these players irrespective of form because they are senior players. They buy me the best you know? wine. Yeah, they find the best wine. Yeah, let's not let's not forget the Aaron Wan. Was that Wan Pasaka? No, it was a uh, Brandon Pierrick. He should said uh, should have bought him a bottle of wine for giving him five minutes off the bench. Anyway, uh, let's let's move on. Um, I, I know we've talked about John Texter already, and you've got that tweet in there. Um, his new Saturday routine. I'm going to read it because it leads us into the the next point of discussion, which we'll do as quick as we can. Um, he said, I love my new Saturday routine. Start the day with the stream of the 18s, the 23s and the CPFC women. Watch our big eagles fly. Celebrate with a pint. Open my inbox to see a few hundred reminders about Connor <laughs> and count the days till the next game up the palace, which is, you know, again, lovely to see. He clearly gets the club, loves engaging with the fans. And that takes us nicely onto the subject of Connor Gallagher, which let's very quickly talk about it. I mean, First of all, they say never fall in love with a lone player too late. Um, <laughs> it's way, way, way too late. Now, going back to the, the, the message I received from my, my friend who's a Chelsea fan, you know, he said, um, you know, Gallagher's a quality player, isn't he? And he, he has a friend family connection with, uh, with Gallagher and said that, you know, he's, they've, they've talked about for years what a player he's going to be. And my reply to him was, look, you know, I, I, I look at him. And if you want to compare him to a to a Chelsea player, I compare him to Lampard. And, and I genuinely, and I say this without any sense of irony at all, I think he has the potential to be better. Um, you know, considering that's a player who played at the very top level and scored, you know, well over 100 goals from midfield. Um, I just think Gallagher has more to offer, you know, in terms of being a box-to-box player, in terms of his confidence and ability on the ball, you know, the strength of both feet. Um, you know, the set piece delivery, ev- everything that he gives, but that energy and that enthusiasm, you know, he, you know, at times he can, he can carry a team on his own. Um, you know, he's rightly being talked about uh, in, for international recognition. Uh, and unfortunately his manager at Chelsea uh, spoke about him last week and said, uh, how can you fail to notice Conor Gallagher when he's, you know, the best player uh, for every single week and every single game he plays. So, Maybe, maybe we need to watch him for a couple of weeks so that they I say, I say notice him for a bit. <laughs> just get <laughs> yeah. off a little bit. 
Exactly right. I mean, you've asked in the in our notes here, what are we willing to to sell or contribute to his transfer fee? So. Listen, I think we need to get this out. We need to make make sure that Texter that everyone knows that we are serious. We all need to, yeah, make a decision about what I've, I in the pub stupidly pledged a kidney so I've gone quite quite hard with what I'm willing to uh part with to to keep Conor Gallagher so uh yeah what, okay. what are you guys willing to sell to uh to contribute I've just bought a house so that <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna Nick, say my, my sense of self-worth but that went years ago <laughs> yeah you you gave that away a very very long time ago um but you know chances of signing him you just the only Thing that could ever work in our favour on that is who Chelsea go out and buy. You know, if Gallagher, you can only look, you only have to look at Loftus Cheek. Um, you know, broke into the England squad whilst playing at Palace, went back to Chelsea, rightly expecting to to kick on, and didn't. You know, they bought additional midfielders, Kovacic, I think Kovacic, um, and, and and others. Um, all were all brought, brought in. He suffered again with, with some injury issues and, you know, he's played a few games, I think, this season, but, you know, he's, he's wasted the, the next two years of his career um, by going back. And, you know, he Conor Gallagher would probably, even at his current level of ability, not play every week for Chelsea, no. um, even now. And if they then go out and, and sign players like they can, pretty much on a whim, yeah. and they're probably going to want to do, given the the... You know, the money that's coming in at Newcastle, the money still going, being flung around by Man City, the money being flung around by Liverpool. The fact that they, you know, they're, they're doing really well this season, but to stay there, they're going to have to spend money. And that ultimately might be the only thing that works in our favour, given that Gallagher is thriving at Palace. Um, and you don't, you know, as a player, you can't put a price on being settled, happy, playing in a team that suits your style. And if he makes the England squad as a Palace player on loan from Chelsea, you know what else does he need? You know, if if, if we keep going the way we're going, we'll uh, we'll we'll take him on our own Champions League adventure. Nick, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced uh, a lot of these teams buy players not to play them, but to stop other teams having them simply for that reason, which is really cynical. Mm. But well, you know, I can remember um, Chelsea buying Scott Parker for that reason. <laughs> So um, they bought him so uh, so Charlton didn't have him. It was quite amusing. Anyway, <laughs> happy days. Um, we, we did have more, but we're going to have to move on. You know, Just a quick nod to, um, we mentioned earlier that we had a really difficult start to the season. Um, but looking at the next few fixtures, if we, we reach the standards that we have set for ourselves in those next fixtures, you know, we could be, well, it's, I don't want to get ahead myself, you know, because you know I've already said we're going we're going to head for the Champions League, so I don't know how much more ahead of myself I can get. But I reckon, was... I reckon we can we can say now: Are we going to go get to Christmas unbeaten? Yeah, I mean, it's, why not? Why not? Indeed, look, <laughs> a lot depends. Luck on the doesn't always get a new manager, I think, <laughs> and who the <laughs> yeah, new Villa true. manager is, because they're all getting rid of their managers before they play Palace. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that's maybe that's an opportunity for Roy to come back into the Premier League. There you go. I think Agent United Roy. made for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll have a quick break for a sponsor, and then we'll be back with some listener content.
Support for Back of the Nest is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BOTN at manscaped.com. So it's a wonderful piece of kit. Not all of us have, have got the product at the moment. I've got the previous generation, which was magnificent and um, and leaves you feeling uh, very smooth and very clean. Um, I have to say, uh, Nick, I know you're a, a manscaped aficionado as well, actually. So, um, you know, talk yeah. to me about your, your experiences, please. It's just fantastic. I mean, I'm old, really old. And I, I thought, oh, it's for the kids. But if you want to get rid of your chafing, get shaving. yeah copyright that that was beautiful yeah yeah i mean obviously you know anyone who's uh tried to trim downstairs with without the right piece of kit will have experienced uh moments of 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 chafing as you say and uh and and you never you don't want nicks either you really don't and i don't mean you nick of course no that's Um, how my um, that's how my dad thought of his name not shaving his balls but shaving his face (laughs) that's how he thought my name um, I'm a bit jealous, though, because I know Mike and uh, Patrick in America has got the the uh, 4.0. That's got wireless charging, man. I have to plug yeah. mine in the wall. This isn't fair. Absolutely right. Your dog seems furious about this. And um, they've engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer, focusing on intelligent functionality and incredible comf- uh, for an incredible, comfortable grooming experience. Uh, so the fourth-generation trimmer has a cutting-edge ceramic blade. Uh, and reduces those accidents. We so, did you say comfort to balls? That's no, another good one. Oh, that is a good one, actually. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one to four. Uh, as you say, Nick, the wireless charging. I mean, I mean, basically, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth. I'm not sure I should have said that. It's in the it's in the read, <laughs> but I feel I feel bad about that now. But um, but hey, it's the words are out there. We're not going to edit it out. So do do join us. Get twenty percent off free shipping with the code BOTN at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. TM. Okay. Well, it is time for some four word reviews. Um, I am confused by the the table in front of me because i'm an old man and i don't understand things anymore but i think we're just going to read it in a certain order and i've got this right so kevin that's kevin kevin taste <laughs> kevin t Aster. kevin has said top half of table pq mr underscore p underscore q dangerous plus clean sheet Hmm, Nick? <laughs> oh, I was muted. Richard Agius, another classy palace performance. Agius, you're going with Agius. Agius? What do you reckon? Get in touch, Richard. Neil Koska, team of the 20s. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's great. Charleston Athletic, sorry. <laughs> Charleston Athletic, love it. Anyway, <clears throat> this, uh, this next one sounds like one of your uh, your sound effects, Chris, because the uh, name is Fatunch. Um, at Bella, Bella bite me. Uh, different from last season. <laughs> at Laurie Bullet or below, 
Uh, another 2 0 win. Um, Eddie CPFC, he's uh, at Gola 9373098698. The 93,730,986 Goala. Uh, a var good day. Like it, Eddie. Judge at Ahobdel. I don't know if that's all one word or not, but we're going to go with it. Our midfielders won it. Mark in CHS. That's at Mark in CHS. Or is it Mark Inches? Who knows? It's all coming together. I'm really happy that I started reading out the ats in the way I did. Um, anyway, uh, Leaf, Anderson, Leaf Anderson's forehead at 50p head, head lift, which is still my fav- one of my favourite um, uh, Twitter names ever. Holy shit, we're good. David Fraser, Davey F73 or Dave Eve 73 maybe? Dave Eve. <laughs> <laughs> totally deserved three points. And CPFC Birch. At Henry Silaras Birch. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. I moaned last season or when Pardew, when we beat Chelsea and everyone's going, oh, we're going to Europe, we're going to Europe. He said, get them passports ready. I'm actually with him now. I have my cynicism yeah. and I don't think he's going to go tits up. I'm just so full of confidence. Can I, can I just say though, Nick, Henry Silas Birch. Yes. <laughs> it's, I've got yes. to fall back this table better next time, haven't I really? Yes, please. Yes, yeah, you, you. It just encouraged ridiculousness, and yes. it's entirely your fault. The listeners. Love okay, it, look, we we have um, we have plenty of contact. I'm really sorry we have overrun the show, so I'm going to have to bring it to a fairly rapid conclusion if I can. But so I'm going to read a few of these out, uh, and if there's a few questions in there that we have covered, we might try to answer them. But Ebo's got in touch and said, how good was IU's cameo? Loves to hold the ball up by a corner flag. I think we, we chatted about the corner flag incident already, but fantastic stuff. And again, another good player to, to come off the bench and when, you know when we need him. Uh, Leif Anderson's forehead, the aforementioned, has just said that uh, it's the be- is this the best squad and manager since the brilliant 1991 squad? I think it could be. I've just answered my own question. Well, thanks for answering your own question. <laughs> uh, one more point followed up with closed thread after that, which amused me. But I do have to say this, and, and I might get hated by some, some people of a certain vintage, similar vintage to my own for this, but going back to the brilliant 90-91 to 91 squad, who finished third in the league and were incredible, in terms of the football being played, the football being played under Vieira is far, far better 
than anything we produced in that period. We were a very functional, direct side who used the individual talent perfectly. We were tactically brilliantly balanced and we kicked lumps out of people. We were an excellent side. But if you're talking about pure football and, and talent and ability, um, you know, I think, I think Leaf, it, it really is, it is, I think it surpasses the 1991 squad and, who knows? Maybe the final league position will represent will will represent that nicely. Am I pushing that too far again? Yes, yes, I am. Can I can I tell you something that's going to make you feel even more vintage? Yep. I wasn't born for that season. No. Unacceptable. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> no. Sounds guys. I mean, no, it's okay. Look, at least you're not Dr. Who was born in. 2000, which is literally yesterday. Dear, who Mikey accused of sending his own fan mail into back of the desk today about WhatsApp, which abused me. Yeah, I, honestly, I can't believe he started emailing, emailing in praise for himself. Honestly. And then dropped his own response to himself. I don't think yeah, he's yeah. got the time to be honest. The amount of the sheer amount of work he does for back of the nest is is keeping yeah, us going. Nice. He's doing fantastically. Um, we're really proud of him. There you go. How about that? <clears throat> Anyway, uh, Louis Tidy has said that we all know we want Gallagher to sign, but realistically, if he doesn't, who will his replacement be? As a, <laughs> just, and Ebo has given that answer already. There you go. Um, Jacob uh, Fieri has gone with um, his defensive midfield, our biggest need. Uh, could you know, can be in January or the summer. I think it's an interesting point. Uh, Ebo's come back in with the fact that uh, Luca Kiate and Will Hughes. Um, why would we need another? But um, it's an interesting point. You know whether. All of those players mentioned. I think Hughes definitely. I agree with Ebo. is a is a long term signing and someone who will start to feature not too long from now. And we do still have Riedervald in there, who you would think would thrive in the in the in the way we're playing right now. But um, but you can never have too many good players. And you know, I, I dare say, you know, my feeling is still that we need more strength at fullback before we look at the midfield. Um, purely because who's who's really back up for Tyreek and. You know, is Klein adequate backup for Wardy at the moment? And how long's Ferguson from fit? I, I do think that the fullback area needs thinking about. But, you know, for once, we don't need to think about too much in Jan, I don't think. Um, and it was a similar question from Felix Jameson around who we're we selling and who we buying come January. Oh, for a, well, the first time in a long, long time, I don't want to see want to see too much happen in January. Let's keep the momentum. And if we need to buy somebody, it will be because... You know, we've got some injuries or some some issues somewhere else, and fingers crossed that Save all our money for Connor. Save it <laughs> yeah, up. Exactly. Save those. Exactly bodies. right. Um, we had some other messages in from from Will Pickering, Stephen Barton, and Stephen Sheffield, uh, all talking about you know the the, the positivity. The um, you know, I mean, well, one certainly Williams talking about should we get? I do like this actually. I'm going to read it. Should we, should I get Connor's name on my shirt? Uh, should my son get Connor's name on his shirt? He really wants to, but he's had Wambasaka, Hennessy, and Andros, so he has a potential shirt le- pl- shirt player leaving kiss of death. Answer there, Will is a straight no. Don't do it. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. All right, there's this. I absolutely hero worship Conor Gallagher, but if your son is responsible for making players leave, never, ever, ever will he get Conor Gallagher's name on his shirt. Did he okay? get? That's just how it is. Did he get sore off a couple of seasons ago? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure Soloff got that. So um, anyway, um, <laughs> Stephen Barton was was talking about the fact that he's confused about not going for week, not going for weeks without the disappointment of losing, uh, and how confusing that is. I don't, I don't know what's going on. 
as has been referenced by the fact this show has been weirdly positive and odd. Um, but there you go. And uh, Steve Sheffield we're talking about uh, a good performance from Palace, uh, but giving some uh, giving some abuse, well deserved abuse towards Moutinho and Eight Nori for their theatrics on the pitch, which we didn't need to focus on because ultimately it didn't matter. So we will end there. Massive thank you to uh, well to Nick and and Cara for being on the show first and foremost. A huge thank you to me for producing the show today. Um, and obviously Mikey for eventually editing this. Um, and obviously thank you to you for listening and, and everybody who got in touch. As we say each time, we do read everything that you send in, but you know, we, we really appreciate it all. We can't possibly use it all, but you know, in terms of reading it out, but we do read it all and shape the show around what you say. So keep it coming. Uh, the preview team will obviously be back after the international break to look ahead to the game against Burnley. They, of course, managed to hold leaders Chelsea at the weekend. And as ever, there's plenty more content for you across all our social accounts and a wealth of live and recorded shows over on YouTube, which includes instant match reaction and a chance to get involved yourself. So find us on everything. Just search Back of the Nest and just like, subscribe and be merry. So until next time, come on, you palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.